0: A latchkey kid caught in a dreamscape is kidnapped by cartoonish villains. Will this be a Shiro Honda's masterpiece or simply a clip show masquerading as cinema? You're going to find out all that and more. This is Kaiji vs. History. All monsters attack.
1: Welcome back to Kaiju Versus History. This is your kindly toy designing neighbor, Miles, here. And joining me is a precocious scamp who roots around in trash, Patrick. Oh, I found these
0: headphones in the trash.
1: (laughs) How are you doing this week?
0: Uh, Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. It has been forever since I've tried to watch any of this movie.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to remember the last time. Uh, I I think I watched this. I watched an American dub only i think <laughs> oh i've only uh, prior had seen the had seen the dub i i want to say i saw it on the sci-fi channel i possibly rented it mm. cuz this was never an mst3k episode was it nope nope they okay. had versus megalon
0: and ebera i think were the two guys yeah i
1: movie. think those yeah. were the two but i i i do have strong memories of this movie mm-hmm. uh this is a, this is a weird one this is one that often gets the the notoriety for being the agreed-upon worst of the Godzilla franchise. And this movie has been much maligned through at least most of my life, I assume, for a lot of the movie's lifetime. And as as it, as it happens with franchise movies that get much maligned, this is a movie that has, albeit slowly, been reappraised in more recent years as, I think, something that has been unfairly Criticized as hmm. as I think I think I think not necessarily that some people think that there's not criticism to be had, but they they think that the quote unquote worst designation is perhaps a little too strong. And I'm not well, going to lie, I I I think I fall in that camp.
0: we were talking, of course, about 1969's Toho classic, Old Monsters Attack, directed by Ashiro Honda. This week, I I think I'm. I'm going to take the opposite view as well. I think this is easily so far the worst Godzilla film. That being said, it's definitely not the worst kaiju in any way, oh, shape, or form. Cer- certainly not. not the worst kaiju film, but it is that. I mean, it's just compared. I think not unfairly to a lot of other Godzilla films, and as such, fall flat compared to them. But, you know, we're judging this, I think, on a kind of a different scale, because this is a huge step down from the budget, the team that came together a year prior and made Destroy All Monsters. This is a completely different scenario, and maybe we should be judging it that way. It yeah, reflect- I mean, oh. what's, what's wild is, you
1: know, the prior movie did well. Oh, yeah, Destroy All Monsters did extremely well. Um, and uh, th- this seems to be... The case, no matter how successful a kaiju film is, that budget somehow gets smaller, which is like the exact opposite of the way the movies work now. <laughs> we'll talk about the the history of
0: like how this came to be, because a lot of the scuttlebutt when we talked about Destroyer Monsters was that was the planned finale that was set in the future. It's all the monsters. It's a big bash. And that was going to be kind of the end of it. Or maybe they do something along the lines of what we'll start the 70s with for Toho Space Amoeba, a completely different story of of giant monsters.
1: But yeah, I I mean, obviously, this is the beginning days of franchises. You know, you have your universal monsters and you have your James Mm -hmm. Bond and you have your Godzilla films. So uh, perhaps that that cynicism didn't quite exist yet. But now now it's like, oh. As as we're recording, I just watched what's purportedly the third final Halloween movie. <laughs> so, you know, the, we all know. I, I think at this point, fans all know. If there's money to be made, there are movies to be made, and there there will likely as as long as large companies control these these IPs. There will never be a final there. There might be Mm -hmm. a goodbye for now, as we will see in the future. And as we're kind of existing right now with Toho. But yeah, whenever I hear, oh, this is the last one. Time (laughs) will tell on that one. Not not (laughs) quite if there's money
0: to be made. Well, I think they were thinking that the money was drying up. And that's why they kind of slashed the budget for this and had. Well, you know, the plan was to slash the budget. They, they didn't go into this expecting a bigger budget film. It was planned around using footage from other movies. So they already had that in mind. That was how it was pitched. And that was the script that was drafted from Sunichi Sekozawa. Ashiro Honda, the director here, looking back in his reflective years after he had the kind of semi-retired before Kira Kurosawa called him back up to be a second unit director for his, some of his films in the 80s, uh, he said this was his favorite movie to to work on. This was it, his fu- favorite Godzilla film, for
1: sure. It does not surprise me at all. I feel like Honda had not been able to always make the movies he wanted to make, and he wanted to, I think, always make the when, when he was doing these monster movies. Have some sort of real human element involved, and mm-hmm. I think the metaphorical aspect of it, and the fact that you know, as we've seen in the '60s, the audiences that are being catered to are are skewing younger and younger. And so, when you're making a movie geared towards children, as the Gamera films were, and he's wanting to make a a movie for children, I I can see why he would think this movie is such, such a creative success. But before we talk about that, Patrick, I do need you to tell us what is in a title for All Monsters Attack. Yeah,
0: it's so funny because that's what the movie is referred to now. It was here in the United States. It was sold, I think, in 1970 and potentially 71 to U.S. distributors as a couple of different names. Uh, one was Godzilla's
1: Revenge, which that doesn't really make any sense. for, for what this movie You know is. what? I am pretty sure I had a VHS copy of that.
0: I mean, it's a good title. It doesn't really make sense for this film.
1: Uh, the, the other one, the
0: alternate American title that it was sold as was Minya, son of Godzilla. And that makes a good deal more sense if you're trying to target this. Two kids have
1: the kid and Minya on the cover. Yeah, and that's, I think, I don't know what it is about... As I'm talking, I'm sending Patrick a copy of the Godzilla Revenge VHS. Oh my! um, man. And that weird looking Minya, baby is G, looking crazy on this. Copy. Yeah. So I, for whatever reason, I don't know how it happened because as I'm researching this stuff, you know, he's mostly been called Manila. I've known him as Minya for whatever reason, and it's possibly because I don't know if if the Godzilla's Revenge dubbing called him Minya. Right, but right. I I all, always knew him as Minya until the the Heisei series, so that that is kind of funny to me, and I mean it is weird thinking now, like oh, this is a you know one of the lowest performing Godzilla films to date, but the title of Japan is not really a big grabber. <laughs> well,
0: it's very similar to the original Ebera title, which was I believe Godzilla Ebra Mothra battle on the south seas or whatever this original literal japanese title translates to godzilla manila gabara all monsters attack
1: so and so here's the thing though i i love i love baby g don't don't get me wrong yes but i do not. toho baby g <laughs> is not gonna put butts in seats and so when you put when you put that boy in the title <laughs> I, I i i think that that's part of your problem and Gabra being someone that no one recognizes that's fine there are so many monsters that <laughs> no one recognizes when you you when they're first introduced when it's Godzilla versus you know Hedorah. no Hedorah didn't have a pre prior movie, so mm-hmm. I'm okay with not with Gabra not having an a title. What about the rest of the world?
0: Well, we've got uh, a couple that reference where this takes place in the island of the monsters in Spain and Argentina' cause that was the one of the Spanish titles and Monsterland in Brazil which is really cool, but this is indeed on monster Island taking place and is, although technically, I guess, I mean, (laughs) I I, I figured monster Island would be like a part of Godzilla's actual canon. We've had cell Jill islands and the, the, the one in Ebra and we've have Mothra's infant Island and things like that. This one technically only exists Likely in Ichiro's mind. Now that I'm thinking about it, we we've had some references to islands of monsters. Of course, in Destroy All Monsters, they had a
1: like a refuge that was very
0: similar. That
1: was called something different. Um, Yeah, I I wonder if if in the dubbings, I feel like they were all called Monster Island. mm, Here, it's a good translation for for that. But yeah, that that's
0: that's what this movie was called. Uh, like I said, in Japan, I, I, I got to uh, say, Germany, Germany's is letting me down here. Yeah, no, German, Germany titles is no good. Just Godzilla attack all monsters. It's a little confusing if that's indeed how the, <laughs> the title gets rearranged. So if all monsters attack, attack all monsters. I think it makes more sense, actually, but it's still confusing that it's so different.
1: I mean, to be perfectly honest, none of these titles make a ton. Of sense. <laughs> I'm mean, honestly lot, Minya, lot Son better. of Godzilla. This is, I think, a better, like, I think I want to say introduction. Uh, we already had Son of Godzilla. I was about I to think say we already had a movie called Son of I understand Godzilla that, but like, well. I think this is the better Son of Godzilla kind of movie right. in some ways. Because this is the first to- Toho Godzilla film to exist outside of the canon of the other films. It takes place in our world where Godzilla yeah. is a monster of the silver screen. And And they they don't really
0: push that idea too much. We do see a Godzilla toy in Ichiro's closet. And obviously he talks to people about Godzilla. I don't know if they explicitly say like, oh, yeah, I saw him in the movie theater in a few places. But I think we're led to believe like this is not. The, the world in the movies but this is the world
1: yeah I know that, that was one in. thing that I was thinking about because I, w- I was wondering about that because I did see a Godzilla toy but also within the context of the Godzilla <laughs> franchise I mean <laughs> do you think toys the, get made the so the giant
0: monster yeah what have his own his so own uh, toy
1: it's not explicitly said but I believe we. It, and this, I, this is I'm, I, I believe it's supposed to take place in the real world because of the nature of the way this film goes yeah Yeah, and and regardless, I think it doesn't change the
0: the main plot where we have Ichiro, the the main G-Fan, and it is set in a very grimy, very bleak 1968 or 1969 uh, Kawasaki area south of Tokyo. And I mean, one major good point I'll I'll say about this film is it's probably the best use of a location. I think any Godzilla film has really gotten because Kawasaki, Kawasaki, no Kawasaki, does become a character in and of itself.
1: It is, and I think the the focus that Honda's camera has on the industrial industrialization of the area, and certainly a focus visually on the pollution of the area, is an I think certainly an indicator of what's on the creators' minds. For when Arbor Hetera comes along. <laughs> well, he, he didn't do Hetera. but I know yes. he didn't, but <laughs> uh, it's certainly something that is being thought about throughout the crea. I'm, I'm, that's why I said the creators because, right, right, right. you know, multiple people involved. I think this is something that, that the people behind the scenes of the creatively of the Godzilla mm-hmm. franchise are thinking about. And so it's no surprise to me that. The That's where the we're next going next film. Yeah. The next film is specifically about pollution. So I think it's it's certainly no accident. And yeah. I I really like the way that Honda makes the area in which Ishira lives a character in and of itself. Because I think it's the most involved we've actually been in the the state of Japan, as it were, I think, in a while. Yeah. And characters kind of day to day life. We get
0: a lot of that in the, the build-up early in the film of, like I said, he's a latchkey kid. He's got that yellow cap. We Yeah, yeah, the, the cap that we talked about, they, they mm-hmm. handed out for, for safety. He is pretty iconic, I think, 1960s Japanese child, and we get to see a good deal of his home life and have the, the, the wonderful Kenji Sahara in a very small role as his father, who's He does not have a scene really with his son in the same room. He's like on a train. Yeah, he's he's a train uh,
1: engineer. I was so stoked to see him. And I was so bummed when he was just like, not really involved in this movie. (laughs) I mean, technically, he's got like three scenes. He
0: has where he, he, you know, says he's going to be late to to his son. He has a, a small lunch scene where he's talking about how he worries about his son. And then the scene at the very end. So not really a lot. I would have loved to have gotten more. Same thing with his, his mom. He has one scene with her at the end, a phone call, and that's about it. <laughs> There's not not a lot else that the, the parents get in this film. It is definitely all on the shoulders of a young Tomonori Yazaki who plays Ichiro. And uh, it's, it's one of the reasons I was surprised Jiro Honda enjoyed this film, making this film as much as he did. It's, he actually didn't like working with children actors shit actors, <laughs> and it was quoted saying you know he didn't he wasn't able to really get good performances out of them normally he felt like they were just kind of saying their lines hamming it up in other places wherever they could and he did not feel that way about uh Tominori. he said it was it was a delight working with with this child actor
1: i mean and the kid does have a he brings an air of sincerity about him he does feel like a kid a very lonely kid and i i don't know how far drawn he is from his
0: character because
1: i mean he he felt very natural you are correct he 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 really did and i i whether it's just his performance or he was you know kind of acting as himself i i think it's something that resonates about this movie especially as i've gotten older because i i certainly growing up was kind of the crowd that was like oh it's a clip show and it's about this kid and who cares and now that I watch it I think this I think this movie has m- a little bit more to offer and I honestly think the way it does some of its clip shows is is better than I've seen so far mm. and I like that they made a narrative out of it and also because of the audience that this is trying to reach some of those kids may that that are they're aiming for may not have seen some of the films that this is borrowing from yeah well that that's
0: I mean, it's one of the reasons why people do dog on a lot of the later Gamera movies because they always have kind of a recap of the previous films in some form in both versus virus and uh, year on. Of course, they have like the aliens kind of like watching footage of the films. It is th- those are so short, though, like I I can never understand any complaint about them because they're like one, two minutes of recaps, uh, you know, outside the American version of versus gear on one or two minute recaps. And that's about it. You know, obviously it is integrated in a much different way in this film. It's,
1: it's, it is presented as, New things happening you know <laughs> it, it is, but i I like the way because it's a dream I, I there's there's an element of it that's very forgivable for me because it's about this kid who is who dreams he's on the island with all the <laughs> monsters and well, so he, yeah
0: if if they had <laughs> presented it as like him remembering when he watched these movies, you know <laughs> that would
1: be very different <laughs> i mean' it, 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 i think it's kind of what he's doing though I think he's putting well, himself in potentially yes in the in these movies and this i mean this is not exactly they didn't spend a ton of time on the script either well i mean this entire film
0: from start to finish was done in about 2 months time the the first draft for the script was turned in September 17th of 1969 they're trying to shore up something for a holiday release and it did get to theaters on December 20th of that same year so less no, just slightly more than three months uh, until it got on screen. So after that script was turned in, they started casting for the the the, the children in the film and immediately started putting together a, a new cobbled together suit for for Gabra and. They had, like I said, already planned to do X, Y, and Z footage from these Mm -hmm. other films and and integrate them. Uh, Yeah. One of the fastest turnarounds for any kaiju film that I remember doing on this podcast, but it's also one of the shortest. It's only 70 minutes long. And if you take out that reuse footage, it's probably less than an hour, which is, I mean, that's, it's so similar to some of those 1950s um, American monster movies that were like, one and done <laughs> one big monster fight and that was about it usually but the the story that we do get with Ichiro and the robbers and everything it i mean it is an abbreviated script an abbreviated story there's not a lot going on mm-hmm. it, most of it is there to kind of work around the monster island segments and some of those are new uh, obviously him running around with Manila, that's all new footage, and anything with Gabra in it, of course, is new.
1: So, the... Well, yeah, well let's talk about Gabra real quick. Let's talk about the, uh, this this suit, because on one hand, I I was like, oh, it's kind of cool they made this new monster, but Gabra, I think, is a cool idea. I think the execution of the suit comes off... And I mean, again, this is a very cheap production, so they're not putting the as much into the creation of this monster as before, but because of that, he does feel cheaper than everyone else.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, he is indeed a fairly cobbled together suit. The original concept art by uh, Tezo Toshimitsu kind of has him as a uh, like a frog demon, so he's a little more hunched over. Oh, as opposed, cool. Yeah, as opposed to the full upright Godzilla suit, if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: but I mean, my- th- and that's the thing is like there I, there are elements about him that stand out that are, are interesting in style, but in execution of that style, it, 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 I mean, because they got yeah, are repurposing some suits and it everything just kind of feels especially compared to the title characters, everything just kind of feels uh, like we're just we just threw some stuff together we had in the back.
0: This this feels like exactly what it would go on to do after this. Feels like a television repurposed Godzilla suit. And indeed, mm-hmm. I believe this was used from parts of an older Godzilla suit that they added on to added on the the chest piece. Yeah, and in the head as well. I'm not not a big <laughs> fan of a lot of the design decisions for Gabra. I do like his color is a I feel like a little bit brighter green than what we yeah. normally get from a lot of the the monsters and I I,
1: I I agree I like that I liked his like electricity powers that he had I like that he was brighter and I, I, I yeah I wish I wish that he was just a little bit more unique and I wish they did a little bit more you know with him this is his only I, I think this is only like proper Godzilla film performance
0: yeah well and he's not really a Godzilla monster he's he's a right Ichiro he's a manifestation,
1: but like at the same time yeah he's a manifestation of Ichiro's bully, which we'll get to that in a second because I have some thoughts they I know there have been some times where they thought they might be using this character again, and I think you know possibly they 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 could find something cool to do with Gabra. I would say certainly they need to redesign him. In in some way, yeah. so it doesn't just look like you know uh, Godzilla hand me down or a a Go God Godman villain.
0: He, he would show up on that television show. Indeed, was portrayed as a mutated bullfrog <laughs> in that show. But
1: yeah, and somehow just even looks worse <laughs> in 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 uh, Godman. So let's talk about these bullies because yeah, the, the crux of the story is that he you know you know goes into these this fantasy he has where he gets to hang out with manila who's also being bullied on monster island and develops the inner strength to stand up for himself which comes in handy because he gets kidnapped by bank robbers
0: yeah some also very cartoonish villains
1: (laughs) Uh, which we get some uh Proto Kevin McAllister tricks. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: I like him laying the newspaper down on the hole, <laughs> trying uh, to get him to fall in. I,
1: I wish fun. we established a little bit more of Ichiro getting bullied because, yes, they take the vacuum tube that he found and it's like, oh, we'll give it back to you. And, we'll you know, they tease him. But also half the time, they're also asking him to come hang out with them.
0: Yeah, well, they want him to, like, join the gang, and I think this is, like...
1: Is the, is that what's happening? I thought they were well, just like, hey, come over here, and, no, and he's just like, no.
0: I, I think, yeah, it is kind of like a PSA moment, like, you know, come come with us. We're going to go break windows and stuff like that
1: and do other bad things, and him well, there, saying... there's one time at the end no. where they're just, they're just literally hanging out and not doing anything. He's like, oh, come, come and hang out with us, and he's just like, no! <laughs> well,
0: they want him to perform <laughs> pranks on the, the sign well, yes, they're, they're,
1: they're, to get the vacuum tube back. They're like, Oh, we want you to honk the motorcycle or the, the, yeah, the motorcycles
0: of- horn that is portrayed as a bad thing to do. Obviously. I think the kids, you know, watching the movie, well, yeah, because would it understand. would start the
1: guy painting the sign and, and possibly he could fall or, you know, hurt himself. Yeah, which is baffling. Why they end the movie with him doing that? Like, right, going the entire end. time. It's it's spoiler warning for the end of the seventy. No, movie. No, no. <laughs> here here is something that just you just, just set me off is after he attacks his bully mm-hmm. and and they have uh, a big scuffle. Yeah, they have a scuffle and like the, you know even afterwards, like the kids like rubbing his arm and stuff. Like he actually got hurt, Ichiro. Screams, I hate bullies, and then proceeds to run up to the motorcycle and bully this guy painting a sign so yeah. that he falls off, sprays paint all over himself. And then Ishiro runs off laughing like a maniac. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he understands that what he did
0: was bad because he asks his father to smooth things out. So he's, still so, he, yeah,
1: so he's no better than the person that he was, you know, trying to. <sighs> overcome yeah. well that, that is that is a huge huge issue to me because so much of this movie works the movie landed for me and then they they do this this additional <laughs> ending well, that undercuts the entire spirit <laughs> of the
0: movie you you can understandably know that apparently that was not a shiro honda's original vision it wasn't originally in the script either i don't shocker. think shocker uh with a <laughs> producer mandate to have like kind of a more uplifting and fun ending. I guess that is fun, but I feel like it was uplifting. He overcomes the sense. bully
1: and he gets to go see his dad. And well, then... it
0: it doesn't end with the the fight originally I think it is supposed to end very somberly with, with a, the robbers a, killing him? <laughs> no, Achiro's it, <it's> mother <laughs> crying that he's like so independent. He goes out on his own and doesn't because he's like faced robbers by himself, he doesn't need his mother or father kind of like doting over him. And it, it was a commentary on the time of how that age makes children kind of grow up faster than than they probably should because of the cruelties of the world. But yeah, then that he goes seems on to,
1: clumsier to be honestly, I, I get what they're trying to say, but I feel like because of the way this movie goes throughout, I mean the entire time. Having the ending with him facing his bully and then Yeah. I, I think that works. I would have just ended the movie there yeah. instead of having him terrorize this poor sign guy. <laughs> Supposedly, yeah, that ending and I think the ending with
0: the bullies was taken out when it was re released on home video in the eighties, because Ishira Honda had like director's cut on that apparently and and removed that bit and, and ended it how he wanted. I would like to see how that ending runs. If there's anything else additional yeah, in there, but uh, hashtag release the Honda cut. <laughs> yeah, um... of all his films, please. But yeah, it over. I, I would say the course of the plot. I, I, I like just about everything outside of a lot of the kaiju action. I love everything Shiro Honda does with this child actor. Does with a very simplistic story of Mm -hmm. these these robbers and the resolution of you know he kind of got the ideas and the courage by believing in make-believe and absolutely
1: i i wish the robbers had been written better because the robbers (laughs) are they're not just goofy that's the problem Mm -hmm. is they're incompetent you know and they're they're overtly cartoonish in a way that i think is insulting to its audience Uh, And I would like to add the actual
0: history in where these robbers come from. In 1968, there was this is based on an actual robbery of 300 million yen from a like an armored vehicle or or some kind of bank transfer where they the robber dressed as a police officer and uh, and robbed the the vehicle. And it was never solved, (laughs) even though like the statute of limitations on the crime expired like a decade later and they're like, please come forward. (laughs) Like we, we can't, can't arrest you anymore. (laughs) We just want to know, I guess. But, um, yeah, this, this ends very differently instead of never being solved a eight year old boy, (laughs) six year old boy somewhere in there foils, these robbers (laughs) with his, his Godzilla like powers.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, um, Despite my I mean, I know I've 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 been kind of defending this movie prior to talking about it. this movie does have problems. Like This movie deserves criticism. Mm. I just think this movie is also unfairly maligned because despite the fact that it has things that that do not work or do not work as well as it should. I think the the crux of the story and this is not a long film. This is an hour and nine minutes. This is a very, very short stay of of time. I think that the use of the clip shows and Ishiro's journey and self-discovery of learning how to stand up for himself is really well done. I, I, I think that this is the, certainly the story. That aspect is what Honda certainly wanted to tell. And I think this is a good way to do it. I mean, because for me, even if everything was original, I think people would still have a problem with this with this conceit of this imaginary Godzilla story.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I will say all the bits that if, if you ask someone who who does really like this movie, what, you know, worked well for you, why is this like one of your favorite Godzilla films? A lot of the reasons are things that have already been explored and done, I think, very, better in a camera <laughs> film, you know, maybe not as heavy handed with some of the social commentary, but like the. The use of the the child actor and kind of like their view of this giant monster as actually a hero has been done like three times
1: in a, uh, sure, in a film by this point. I, I do want to stress the importance of the the intended audience for this particular film mm-hmm. who, you know, may like Gamera but may not have seen, you know, the, the access to movies – now is drastically different than what it was in 1969. So a six, seven, eight year old may have seen advertising for a monster movie. They may have been taken to a, a monster movie that they maybe don't quite as remember, but they're, they don't have, I mean, they, they're certainly not sitting with the knowledge of, Oh, you know, all these movies came out and I've seen them all. I have them all on VHS like that. That doesn't quite exist yet. Yeah. And so it's important to note that, like, unless you see these movies in the theater, you don't see them at all. Yeah. I- I, and I, I mean, yes, you feasibly could, be, could end up on TV as well. But I think for the intended audience, for someone's first Godzilla film, if this was like if you showed some kid this this movie and they get to see Godzilla fighting several different little monsters, they have a story about a boy who learns to overcome his insecurities and stand up for himself. I think these aspects make for an interesting movie for somebody's like for a kid's first Godzilla film.
0: Well, Yeah, I mean, that's that's what Toho did with this film and with the other Godzilla films. While Shiro Honda wouldn't direct another Godzilla film for like five years, I think, he was still working at Toho re-editing other Godzilla films, including Jun Fukuda's, and cutting them down, cutting like 20 to 30 minutes out of them for what's known as champion festivals, which are 100% geared towards kids. They were like matinees of I think like three or four hours for like super cheap tickets that started Mm -hmm. in like the late 60s and early 70s. They started these with anime episodes or or short films and things like that, and then when added in shorter versions of films, so you would get like Ebera are of the deep, but like cut down to 65 minutes, cutting out a lot of the human plots usually. So it's big monsters on the screen. And that's what this movie feels like. It feels like it was made specifically for that era of, of monster movie. And as such is probably very important for Toho's bottom line. I, I don't think it's as impactful in the, the, overarching kind of Showa Godzilla era that even though the next four Godzilla movies are kind of considered part of this champions festival they are definitely focused more towards children but like I said I, I feel like Gamera has already done this uh, a few times and that's that's what this is responding to obviously I think how much children audiences were, were getting out to those, those camera movies. And yeah, uh, we reported on this earlier, you know, Ashiro Honda was such a huge fan of, I think it was versus Virus when that movie came out. He sent a, like a congratulations card to Noriaka Yuasa. And I, I think you see that influenza uh, here in this film a great deal. <laughs> a lot to say about Old Monsters Attack. Apparently, like a like we mentioned, it's it's either high up on people's list or very low. There's not a lot of. <laughs> it's
1: very yeah, polarizing. It's, There's it's, not a lot of the, in between. Like and with Ranking Godzilla films for me, like it, it'll be interesting if the day comes where we get to where we where we choose to do that because this could feasibly end up towards the bottom of my list because of the other favorites that I have, but. I just don't like the designation, oh, this is the worst Godzilla film. Because there are several Godzilla films that, like, if I'm given a choice of what to throw on the background, I'd probably pick this. I, I would certainly pick it over Raids Again. I would probably pick it over King Kong Versus and possibly Son of Godzilla. Like, that, th- there are some movies I would just rather <laughs> throw this on because it's no simple. Way.
0: <laughs> I enjoyed. I mean, again, the so movies I'm talking
1: it. about like are also not super high on my list.
0: Yeah, well, and this one isn't super low on any Godzilla list, like in general. But yeah, what what else can we talk about in this film? I talked about
1: how I I, I, I do like because I saw that you made it, uh, this note. It was in my notes as well. Uh, the kid is naming all the monsters, and then just points out giant condor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Why is... I mean, I know why Giant Condor's in this movie. Most
0: of the footage taken for this film is, of course, from two other Godzilla movies that are set on islands, Ebra and Son of Godzilla. I
1: don't think any...
0: I, I guess there there is footage of Anguirus from Destroy All Monsters yeah, as well. Yeah, because he,
1: he, he names Anguirus... But we don't really see action yeah, with them. Yeah, he, it's not he, he's not set he's, on an island. He is shot in one scene, and that I mean, one like literally, he's got roll call. Man, yeah, Manila Condor has more
0: appearances in Godzilla films than <laughs> Gabra. Manila to
1: exactly. continues to be a problem. The oh, suit I, it doesn't It's does still not great. Looks like he's missing some teeth. but just—it's a weird looking suit, and then he does something that uh, I don't think you see again until Godzilla versus guy again, which for what is a fairly serious Godzilla movie, a very goofy scene in which the monsters vocally talk. And so Manila is talking to Ichiro, and it's weird, fam. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. It it, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me that, you know, obviously the baby is talking to a, a kid because as we will see historically, that tends to be what happens. Is the is little Godzilla talks to kids a lot? Well, I I I with Manila,
0: I could have sworn that the Japanese dub was going to be a better watch for this movie. Because like I said, no. when I when I originally watched this, <laughs>
1: it's just as bad.
0: It might be worse in the American Manila sounds like goliath from davy and goliath he's like oh which way did he go george which way did he go which i kind of like <laughs> i don't think so did. it's it's bad good or a good yeah bad, i should say here and it just the audio sounds <laughs> bad for manila yeah
1: it, it, it's not it's not great what continues also to be not great is the choice of a donkey braying for <laughs> manila's well, that's, like that's that's that davy noises. and goliath <laughs> influence maybe but I, I it. it The sounds that Manila makes are are ear piercing, and it's so funny for a movie that I defend. I have so many problems with (laughs) with this movie, um. But I I mean, also I'm trying to be fair. You know, this is this movie does have a lot of issues, but I think it's I really like where its soul is at. Here, here's one issue
0: from both like a filmmaking point of view and the child's imagination point of view. This is all in Ichiro's mind and. We don't get a lot, b- besides like him just putting himself on Monster Island, we don't get a lot of payoff for that. What he imagines is Manila shrinking down to his size and then back up again to interact with the monsters. Why not just imagine yourself as large as the monsters, and then you mm-hmm. get to interact and have fun with them, and then he could actually... <laughs> I, I mean, b- besides the fact that it would not probably look great on screen, I would love for that to be what happened in this this movie, as opposed to the other way around. It doesn't make a ton of sense that Manila just has shrinking powers, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree.
0: But yeah, it's... Do you have a, a favorite scene? Do you have something
1: in this movie that does speak to you? Um, I'm trying to think of what my favorite... I mean, I <laughs> not a monster scene. There, there's scene where he sees this this like cro- like little hole in the concrete and and keeps slowly putting these two pieces of newspaper <laughs> together with his feet in hopes that they will the wily coyote move. I yeah. I don't know why, but I was just like I love this kid. <laughs> yeah, no, Ichiro um,
0: is great. It is the the only thing keeping this movie I think from really kind of stinking. See, <laughs>
1: I. Yeah, Acting, I mean, his it, writing is pretty great. It certainly hinges on his performance and him as a character. One thing that did, I I it's not a favorite scene, but it just struck me as odd as like, you're taking a nap in your apartment and you don't lock the door because people just, <laughs> yeah, they just waltz in. in. And this isn't just the robbers that when the when the cops are coming in just to, to let them know that, that you know, about the robbery or whatever, they, they, they just walk on in. No, no, knock, nothing. Just walk in well but then there's also I, I i'm led to believe that
0: the neighbor has a key but there's a right and that's he that's knocks fine. but doesn't come in he's like oh each of must be sleeping <laughs> the robbers i think locked the door oh yeah well he doesn't he have a, i would imagine he would have a key maybe he just doesn't well the point of a latch key
1: oh key yeah oh, is I, see you, I see what you're
0: saying you yeah. lock the latch <laughs> So only people with a key can come into your house and not steal your child as you're at work. But yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe they also broke in and we didn't see that because he was dreaming about being on Monster Island.
1: Yeah, it's uh, uh, possible. Um,
0: Ashira Honda was the only director on this film. Usually there's a unit B that does the kaiju action for the last few films. Suharuo uh would have had like one of his men directing that scene. He he had stepped away to television for the most part. But yeah, they they had very little hand in making this movie. So it was mostly Shiro Honda getting those shots right, but I want to point out Mototaka Tomiyaka was his DP, his director of photography, and he worked under both of the Jun Fukuda films. That they this movie borrowed a lot of footage from still there was there were some shots that I really enjoyed in this film that led to the dreamlike quality of it. There's a a bit where Ichiro is like running away in slow motion and then we get like Gabra keyed in behind him (laughs) laughing Mm -hmm. like (laughs) (laughs) that's a great sequence. The the weird him flying to Monster Island. I don't know why he has to imagine himself flying <laughs> to this location, but there's a cool bit where he's on a plane with like, you know, a hundred people and then they all kind of just disappear. Some interesting ideas it seems still very rushed, <laughs> as it was. They made this in three months, Miles.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean there 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 is that, but <laughs> just, just. let's 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 talk about
0: our scores. Yeah, so for enjoyment, this is pretty low for me. I, this is not one I would put on. Maybe if I was trying to get a child into Godzilla films, this would be a fun one to do. the The story is one I think Godzilla fans should watch and shouldn't pass over because you know of the stigma that the the film has, and uh, the way I would describe it is it is a lot of people's favorite. It's one of their favorite films. Not one I love personally. But I understand the love because I love Gamera movies so much, you know. But, yeah, I appreciate the film. I understood it. But it it even seemed a little long, it being one of the shortest Godzilla movies. So, for me, uh, sadly, my personal score is only a 5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is less than <laughs> even Godzilla Raids again, which I appreciated
1: on a different level. What about you? So, I... I do enjoy watching this movie i do i do like on a on a base level like when I watch it it's you know it's a nice tight six to nine minutes it's i mean I really dig the overall story despite all of my problems with it and its noticeable flaws and i mean yeah i'm 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 with it on its weird swing so mm. for me i for personal enjoyment I give this one a seven out of ten i okay. i really do like think it's not a bad little movie despite it being yeah, kind of a glorified clip show. I I think it's it's certainly worth checking out, especially for like you know if it's a kid's first Godzilla film. I think this is this and the and probably Destroy All Monsters are both great examples of giving like everything that you could possibly want. Even though I was a little cooler on Destroy All Monsters, I I think that for for, for an introductory especially into the showa era for for uh, easing someone in this especially a kid this is this is a great great starter so
0: that on our scale a 7 is a very good for personal enjoyment and for a 5 it's mildly interesting i think is or no mixed feelings is is what we have that listed as and i i think that that's pretty accurate from from what we've gotten here for technical what what did you think of the that bit of
1: this. I was harsher on this one. And I I mean, I was I'm probably the harshest I've been for a technical on a Godzilla film, possibly. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, obviously you I'm not docking points for it being a clip show, but because of the original stuff having the the suit quality that they do, because of the script having the issues that it, it has, and despite the fact that that you know the acting is generally pretty great from from the humans all around. I'm a little harsh on this one, and I gave it I gave it a six. I mean, it's mm. it has a lot of issues technically. Even even though I think the parts of the whole make something that's that's decent, it still is a weird Frankenstein's monster of a film that has some part like the original the stitches that are holding this this together from the the monster perspective, which is the spectacle perspective, being on the weaker side is a little bit more unforgivable. Than using clips and a dream sequence to me.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I was a little harsher. I gave it a five out of 10 for the technical. And a lot of it is, is, you know, because it's like the first time a share of Honda is doing it by himself. It's so funny. You can see like these massive, I think, dips in quality between the human story and the, the island kind of, uh, elements of the, the film. Yeah, there's some good flourishes. There's some interesting things in the script, some interesting ideas. I just don't think anybody involved with this movie had enough time to flesh them out. It, I, I don't really think it's a clip show. They are integrated in a way. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, there's there's some problems in like some parts of it. The the clips that they use go on a bit too long. They just have like string of Godzilla conflict one after the other, which. I I kind of wish there was a like a story within his mind that would have been able to to put them together, but yeah, I I, uh, I can't really rank this film any higher technically. Um, I I hope you <laughs> remember this in ten years' time when Gamera basically does the same thing with a a, a film that is a glorified clip show, but we'll see how that. Film yeah, we'll, to, we'll to certainly see how
1: it goes. I, I know I know I know what you refer to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, the the last kind of Showa era Gamera film for the evocative nature is where this stands. It's a piece of kaiju art, how it resonates and kind of where it fits into the greater annals of, of kaiju history. This does work as a little bit of a time capsule for kaiju fandom, which I really appreciate because this shows a the core audience for a Godzilla movie and actually shows them in our real world setting. So yeah, we get to see what it's like to indeed be a G fan in the 1960s. And as I said, I would rank this higher if this had been the vanguard of kind of these kind of children movies, these children kaiju films, but we've already gotten that from, from, camera i'm i'm giving this my highest rating of these three though and giving it a six out of ten because i do think this and it's the reason why people enjoy this film so much is what is this on our scale eye-opening this is an eye-opening film for doing something different from all the rest of the, the kaiju films of the age so
1: yeah, I'm I'm a fan of wild swings. I think this movie as a piece of kaiju pop, pop culture for better or for worse has a has a reputation, it has a, a cultural legacy. It's certainly one that people know and I mean, it's one that has being, is currently being reevaluated more and more often. I think this one stays in conversation more than some other Godzilla films. It used to be because of oh god! I remember the one with the kid who was imagining. It. Now it's like hey, this movie's pretty. Like, this movie's kind of sweet, and it's got a really good attempted message to it. And I think that is something that is. I think I think we're currently in in the midst of a reappraisal of this film, and I'm not saying that I think that it's going to get kind of reappraised to where it's going to pop up higher on a lot of people's lists. But I think the the stigma of this movie being terrible is starting to go away. Mm-hmm. Um I I'm giving this one uh, for for its evocative and cultural uh relevance 8 out of 10. Oh my goodness, Miles. <laughs> that's that's too high. <laughs>
0: Maybe. That no, that uh that brings that brings you to a flat 7. Mm-hmm. Need to a 5.3 and that makes our podcast average a 6 out of 10 and that I I can't imagine a Shiro Honda film getting much lower than that, but it's yeah. still
1: a good movie by yeah. by RSM. I, I think a six to ten is a, is a is honestly a perfect. Like mine was a seven, which I think I was I was really skewing a little bit higher just because of how much uh, vitriol this movie got as I was growing up, mm-hmm. and you know rewatching it now all these years later, thinking oh, this is not this movie's not bad. Um, it's certainly a good movie. I think a 6 out of 10 is is a honestly a, the the correct score for it. Yeah, and you know, if you go
0: find this movie online, it is the lowest rated Godzilla film on like IMDb. I think it's tied for lowest on Letterboxd. On a lot of sites, very low ranked on, you know, all the Godzilla movie ranks and that kind of thing. I probably can imagine there being a a worse Godzilla movie. I think a lot of people do put Godzilla raids again in that category though, maybe for different reasons. We don't get a lot of legacy for this film because of that. This if this is an experiment, they I think declare this kind of a failed experiment. We don't get a, another experimental movie outside of the kind of Toho Godzilla canon that is yeah. to say. No more Gabra, unfortunately, although Salunga in Godzilla Singular Point has a lot of Gabra features to him. But, yeah, still, like you said, a evolving legacy for for this film. So, yeah, maybe we'll come back here (laughs) in a few years and people's opinion will have changed again and like i said maybe part of that is because of that american translation and dub that was originally out there <laughs> maybe cuz they they got a cut up version or some kind of other changed form of ashiro honda's original movie but for for kaiju versus history 6 out of 10 is going to make that i think our lowest godzilla movie so far so far um i mean that 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 tracks but yeah, that, that's going to do it for us this week on the podcast. Talk to us on Twitter at Kaiju versus History. Go on to our website or email us Kaiju versus History at Gmail. Kaiju versus History dot com, and of course our letterbox where this score will be updated on our total score sheet, so you can see what we've rated every single movie and how it stacks up what other people have have rated it and yeah thank you for 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 watching this with me miles and everyone out there thanks for for listening
1: what are we doing next week so next week is the end of an era almost literally (laughs) um so next week of course we are going to talk about well The end of the 60s we're going to say a fond farewell to one of the most prolific and prestigious decades in all of kaiju history uh with the 1960s coming to an end we're going to do a recap and a review of the entire span of monster movies so tune in next week for a kaiju versus our 1960s season two recap